0: Welcome to The Omnibus Show, a program for people who are interested in everything, with deep conversations on a wide variety of subjects. And now your host, Dave Gibbs. Well, hello, and welcome to this edition of The Omnibus Show, the program for people who are interested in everything, with deep conversations on a wide variety of subjects. Today's guest is Audrey Larkin of the Carmel Apprentice Theater. Audrey is the managing director. She graduated from Baldwin-Wallace University's theater program in Cleveland, where she specialized in dramaturgy, directing, and acting. She started playing Lucy in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown at the Cat Theater, and she's been there ever since. Welcome, Audrey.
1: Thank you for having it's me. It's
0: great to have you here today.
1: Yeah.
0: So we're back. We're talking theater again. We are. Which is very fun. I only did it one year when I was in eighth grade. I went to private school in Chicago <laughs> one year, and I can remember my lines, only because uh, it was a Christmas carol, and I was a very, very minor, minor person. I did the five o'clock in the city of London and the state before Christmas and all as well, and that was a long time ago.
1: That's and then
0: good. I was one of the Cratchit kids.
1: So what you're telling me is you're going to come and do a Carmel Apprentice show with me, right? Oh,
0: she's going to get me in on this. So that <laughs> yeah. might be fun, but I have to have small lines.
1: That's okay. That's what we're for. That's we, we, you know, curate parts to match people where they want to be. Exactly. Maybe we push you just a little bit.
0: A little bit further?
1: Just a little further than you want to be, just to prove <laughs> that you can do it.
0: Okay. Okay, then I'll come out and do some kind of kitty <laughs> version of... Uh... Well, you just had... Uh... Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We did. And um, I always loved mimicking the old grandfather, capital P-O-S-H, (laughs) posh. Yes. He's in his little outhouse. (laughs) Help Um, me. Help me. (laughs) Where are we? (laughs) But um, so starting off, you um, tell us about um, what got you in theater and what, how did you, there's always a lifelong story for theater people.
1: There is a lifelong story. I, you know, my family's been Ultra supportive of theater for my whole life. My grandparents on my dad's side got me tickets to Beauty and the Beast when it showed in Chicago when I was like four years old. Wow. And the assumption was it's okay. Audrey's young. She's not going to be entranced by this magical event enough to not fall asleep at her regular bedtime. Yes. That was not the case. Um, I learned all of the music and all of the choreography and then made everyone stay up with me after the show while I performed every role of the show that we just saw.
0: That's a very true theater person.
1: (laughs) So from then on, it was theater camps and doing shows with the Mm -hmm. artist studio in Fishers, which is now sadly closed. Um, And -hmm. then I went to high school and I met Will Wood, who runs the cat um, or owns the cat. And I did a show with him and then a couple more shows with him in high school. And then made the decision my senior year that I was going to go and learn as much as I possibly could. Um, applied to all of the theater schools, went to Baldwin Wallace in Cleveland, mm-hmm. learned everything everyone was, uh, willing to teach me and, uh, all the things that I asked random questions about. And when I moved home after a couple of contracts there, uh, Will called me and he says, so how long are you in town for? Uh, can you, can you come and cover a part for someone who dropped a show? And that was Lucy in Charlie Brown. And I have been there ever since. <laughs>
0: It's amazing. Yeah. that's fu- that just really that's really really fun.
1: It is fun. It's I, you know, paths of your life kind of go this way all the time, and that's just you wind back up where you're supposed to be. So there you
0: go. Um, staying kind of younger. Um, yeah. Who would have, who would you say would um, or influences. Uh, Acting influences on you. So I'm or Aud- favorites.
1: I am Audrey Catherine, okay, um, with a K. With a K. So I was kind of obsessed with both of the Hepburns, right? And it helped that my grandparents were very much fans of like old movies and mm-hmm. TV shows and things like that. And so I watched, yeah. you know, every Audrey Hepburn movie known to man, and then found Catherine Hepburn, and I'm like, oh, you can be elegant and classy, but also you know, wander off off of a couch and. Do some of the slapstick physical comedy, and that was really fun.
0: How oh, very fun!
1: And then you know, after school specials, which were fun. I was, I watched Bewitched and Gilligan's Island and I Dream of Jeannie, and they're just very. I like happy stories, so they were excellent. It was all to- ha-
0: happy sitcoms, wasn't it? Yeah, there, they? they were. The, um, that was so, very fun.
1: They were very fun. So, I loved watching, and it kind of shows in the shows that I pick now as an adult. I like happy shows. Okay. Yeah, I, I like, like
0: Happy, too. Happy's good.
1: I, I'll love a good, I you know, I've done Little Shop of Horrors before, and that's kind of as dark as I like to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, so a So then when comedy. the lights go
0: off eventually, right, it gets dark. Yes, yeah. 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 So... a Cat is really, it's, it's got such fun type of shows. What are some of the shows that you've been in that you've really enjoyed?
1: Uh, at the Cat, I've done um, The Addams Family Twice. As Morticia Adams. It's yes,
0: Morticia, wow.
1: Which is so, it's so fun because I'm not necessarily the most like Morticia.
0: Right. But it's... Re- you seem very different from Morticia, but it's theater. It's like people, it comes out of them.
1: It does. it does. And it's, I love characters that have very like specific physical motifs. So that's kind of really fun to experience. And Um, I I know what they are, but what
0: was her physical motif? Oh, she was very, the the,
1: the arms. So you have to be very, and stiff shoulders, very excellent posture. Um, But it's one of those things, she was in the musical, she's a ballroom dancer. They dance, they tango at the end of the show. I learned how to ballroom dance when I was young and then continued to do it as an adult. And so it was really fun to pull that like posture and how that affects the way that you move. Um, and like the shape and angle of your head and how you look at people and it's, so it was quite fun to like incorporate those two aspects of my life to make her come alive.
0: Come alive. Yeah. Well, that sounds very fun. (laughs) That's the fun thing about theater is like, you you can try on these, it's like fancy dress, like you just put on a costume and then all of a sudden you you go out and play and have fun. It's It's like being able to be a child again,
1: you know? I, there's a thing that I used to say when I was young Um, about the fact that I liked theater because I could enter new situations with a script. Right. um, Which normally I quite like to avoid. I live in, I'm an introvert. I live in my comfort space. I know what I know. And I, you know, as I learn things, I get, my comfort zone gets a little bit bigger. But theater, you give me a script, you tell me how I have to do things, and then it's my job to make it happen. And so that's, it's really very successful in curing some of those, you know, frightens like anxieties for new spaces okay yeah
0: new spaces yeah well very fun and um um going back to uh, a you played um what are some other um plays that you've um that really brought you out like you could uh, a surprising character or a favorite character or
1: i got to Calling back to my childhood, I got to play Ginger Grant in, okay. in Gilligan's Island when I was an adult right. uh, in a musical at the Belfry in Noblesville. Oh my gosh, that was that was so fun.
0: That, that would be hilarious. I, you know, after school, doing seeing the old reruns on mm-hmm. um, WGN in Chicago mm-hmm. or from Chicago, that was always, that was like what we'd do. I'd yeah. go to my friends and we'd lump down in front of the TV after yep. school and we'd watch that show. Yeah. And um, she was a she was a unique. I she it's, was a unique character.
1: Yes, she was. She's a very unique character because it was. And I remember <clears> having <throat> a lot of fun because in in the musical, because they basically cram as much of the TV show, of course, that they can into you know a two hour show. So you know all of the all of the men are in love with her, and I had seven different costume changes. And
0: oh, that makes it very fun. <laughs> Because that that, that that spices it up it's, with the whole, yeah. it's constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of character. Every time would be
1: I like exited that. the stage, I felt like I had to change into a new evening gown or a hula costume or a. <laughs> um, uh,
0: whatever they did on the, the show, whatever they just. What would you have like, um, SS Minnow kind of a dress type of thing? Yes, right? I had,
1: you know, this, the yachting dress, and I had um, like a very fancy hula skirt that had like chiffon things. And I had, you know, the, the cabaret dress with all of the bling on the neckline and, um, satin evening gowns. And it was very fun. Very fun. I had three costume mistresses just to myself.
0: Wow. God,
1: <laughs> Cause pretty much everyone else got to stay in the costume. That's that a real started.
0: A-list kind of a thing, isn't it? <laughs> I felt
1: very special.
0: You, yeah, you were very special. Well, that's very interesting. And then, um, In um, more recent projects or the recent shows, I know we talked about. You just had Chitty Chitty Bang Bang.
1: Yes, I didn't. I perform in that. I was a producer on the team for that, so Mm -hmm. I helped. um, I did a lot of set painting. Uh, I uh, wound up helping with the projections because we got a new LED screen installed on our back wall. It's very fancy. I feel very special for that. I, I, you know, want to thank my very wonderful donors for making that happen for me so I can make the car fly. (laughs) There you go. Um, And then uh, I wound up, you know, uh, there are nights that you don't have a child wrangler sometimes, which is how you keep all of the kids who are in shows like that on, on their best behavior. So sometimes I was running around going from putting the projections on the screen and then going like, okay guys, We just started your cue song, so it's time to get ready to go backstage. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And remember, be very quiet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was quite a chore, wasn't it? That probably was the hardest job.
1: Sometimes it is because they just disappear. They, like, go to the bathroom. Oh, right. Or they they wander off. They wander off. Or uh, we had a couple little kids who learned that they can hide from your child wranglers by hiding behind the costume rack. Yeah. And they called it their special hiding spot. Uh, So you have to go... Okay, guys, let's go. Count one, two, three.
0: <laughs> that's a ca- cartoon world of the children's mind, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just kind of doing. And
1: that. they're so bright. Oh my gosh, they have so many wonderful ideas. And that's the, great. Well, it's
0: the it's the uh, childhood is like the time of genius for everybody, isn't mm-hmm. it? Where you just you're constant. It's it's a genius period because you've got all these ideas and play and all this stuff. And it's, Uh-oh. we
1: made, as, as a production team, we made the joke that if anyone got sick or got hurt mm-hmm. over the course of the production, we had three little kids that had memorized the entire show. They could play wow. any, any part. part. Wow. And that was like, we're just like, if something happens, we're calling. <laughs> and it's just, you know, so that well, was- Well, it's great
0: to have people like that. Yeah. The kids like fun. that. Because they can always, they can always fit, fit in if something comes up.
1: I was not that child as a, as a kid, but I had a friend who was like that for every show we did together. She learned every single line, every
0: part, every line, every
1: line, every song, all of the dances. And I'm just like, (laughs) 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 I'm not that focused.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's really focused. Yeah. And, um, that, that's quite a, that's quite a, um, characteristic to have, especially if you're going into theater. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Well, Audrey, thank you. Yeah. We're going to take a break right now, and we will be back for Chapter 2 of The Omnibus Show. Hello, and welcome back to Chapter 2 of The Omnibus Show. This episode's guest is Audrey Larkin. She is the managing director of the Carmel Apprentice Theater. And... um, we're, uh, for chapter two, I'd love to learn more about um, the cat, yeah. as it's known, as yeah. its uh, its nickname. <laughs> and um, now, um, what I like to say is that it, it draws together theater veterans coming to play a role of a lifetime with apprentices curious to perform for the first time in their life. Can you tell... Us, or tell our audience about how the cat works Because I've actually not known a theater like this I know they're probably out there But this is kind of unique to me
1: So you actually do know theaters like this okay? But they're just normally not geared for adults okay. This is the idea of children's theater Where you come you, And in children's theater you pay a tuition You're in the show mm-hmm. um, We are lucky enough to be funded by the city of Carmel So that our program is a non-tuition program Nice. So, but it's, that's the same premise. You register, you sign up online. uh, You show up on the day of what we call evaluations because it's not an audition. It doesn't have to be scary. Right. Uh, And you do everything in a group. So if you're doing a play, so we'll have a comedic murder mystery this spring. um, You're going to come in. You're probably going to play some improv games to get you loose and have fun and meet everybody in the group. And then you're probably going to read a little bit from the script and talk with the director and kind of figure out whether or not you want a lot of lines. Or if you go, oh, no, 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 I would like to be the silent butler in the background that just like fixes things when they go wrong. Mm -hmm. Because I have had someone come in for an apprentice show and that's what they did. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I do not want to have to learn any lines, but I'm really, really happy to like do slapstick comedy on stage. I will trip and like dump water all over somebody, or uh, we had we rigged a candle to always fall over. Oh, okay. And, so, yeah. and it would just droop through the whole show, and then he'd come in on stage. He'd look around for everything, see the candle, walk towards it, fix it, and then he'd turn around and we'd make the candle droop again. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was <clears> so the physical the, comedy. the physical comedy to fill the space and time when people have to like change clothes sure. or like. Find a prop that's gone missing or, you know, something's gone wrong because it always goes wrong <laughs> and you always fix it,
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: the fun, fun thing about The Apprentice Theater. So you come in, you do that, and then we do a fall musical normally. And that one, you co- you register, you come in, you sing as a group, you dance as a group, you read from the script as a group mm-hmm. so that you never have to do anything alone. Okay. That, that's the whole It kind of helps, doesn't it? It helps, because as someone who's done quite a few auditions in my life, even as someone who's been trained in college to go and audition for things, it's terrifying, because normally it's a dark room.
0: When it's just your voice.
1: It's just you. It's <clears> something <throat> you've practiced, and so you know how well you can do it by yourself in your house or in your car, <laughs> and then they put you either in a room where there's a panel of like seven people staring at you. Right. And like the number one rule is don't look at them.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> Which is a bad rule. <laughs>
0: it's a bad rule. I don't yeah. like that
1: rule. Um, don't look at them. You have to look like right above their heads. Oh, right. And, Cause like they, you don't want to put the them in the position of being your scene partner.
0: Oh, the person, you're, you're, looking the person
1: at. you're looking at. Right. Um, or they put you on a stage and they're all sitting in the dark and that's, Hand shaking
0: okay gotcha gotcha (laughs) you're just like
1: oh god uh, I didn't practice like this
0: (laughs) right exactly
1: um so in order to kind of take that fear away especially for our apprentices who may have never done a show before or and they
0: might freak out on stage yeah
1: (laughs) and we accept that people freak out we've we you can come in and evaluations if you've never done them before can still be just as scary
0: sure I would think so, especially when you're young, you're inexperienced, and you don't have that kind of confidence. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just nerve-rattling, I, I reckon. E- even if it's in front of like family relatives, like friends, you know, it's like, oh my it's gosh, hard. I mean, yeah.
1: And so, it's a challenge
0: you got to get over that.
1: And the goal is you're greeted at the door with people who've we have a people who've been apprentices before come help with registration and getting everybody in their place, and they can talk. To anyone who's kind of nervous mm-hmm. about their experience. Right. And then you go into a room and there's no sitting in the dark. The director's going to talk to you like you're a regular person. You're going to play some games. We're going to make sure that you're not freaking out. Um, right. And, and talk Put to them you. At ease. Yeah. And you can write on your, we have, you know, evaluation sheets that say like, this is my phone number and my email address so that we can contact you. And then instead of having... Who's your you,
0: contact if you pass out on stage, <laughs> yeah. right? If,
1: if you're your under mom. 18, please give us your mom's phone number exactly. so that we can call her if anything goes wrong. Um, and then instead of having people bring like a headshot, okay, we have a Polaroid camera that makes you get like really, really close to the person. All right. And it's an opportunity to make them giggle.
0: Okay. Like right. Because it's, it's, it's a fun thing.
1: It's funny. It's silly. And it's and immediate. It's, and it's immediate. And then we go, here's your picture. We just need you to staple it when you... Try. <laughs> You know, and it's gonna look goofy, and all of you lay them all out. Everybody's got like it's like half of their face. Again, or, they're
0: they're all together.
1: They're all so together. It's
0: not like you're just yeah this you alone thing. Exactly.
1: Or, you know. And then it's a very large sense of community. You go through the show with the same exact people. Okay. You know, and those kinds of things really build wonderful, powerful relationships. Yes. And that's what makes people want to come back. Mm-hmm. That's what makes people go, oh, I think I want to graduate from Apprentice Theater and go try to audition. Or uh, And then we say, great, do you want help? Because then we'll, you know, there's been, I think, like 14 of us who have directed shows for the Apprentice Theater. Mm-hmm. And you can email any one of us and be like, I need some help with this. And we will find time.
0: <laughs> of course. Because
1: the goal is we want you to succeed. We want you to have fun. Right. And that's good.
0: So there's not this thing where you have this director who's just like stresses everybody. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of archetype where they're kind of,
1: everybody get on the line.
0: You know, it's like they're <laughs> there, they're kind of stressing people out and they're like, put that gum away. You there know? are
1: moments Call like out that.
0: People. Oh, there are moments there like are, that.
1: But that's moments mm-hmm. like every theater where you get to like sure. tech week. Right. And things are going wrong.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> or things aren't finished. Or, you know, uh, you realize that your lead doesn't know his lines.
0: <laughs> okay, back up. And, yeah, and, and you go, okay, cool, back cool, up. cool.
1: How, how do we fix this problem?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which can be anything from hiding script pages under a pane of glass on a set piece. To, oh, brilliant. Uh, or I've given people character-based notebooks. And then you, <laughs> you can... Sure. This is not what I had written down in my notes. <laughs> um,
0: I'd have to be like, I don't have my glasses, so can can you project that onto the wall? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and it's, you know, uh, <clears throat> one of the things that we've kind of been doing for every show is we also have, like, master classes. Okay. So uh, most of them, all of them involve some type of improv. So that if things go awry and you're an apprentice, there's this rule in improv where... You go, yes, and, so that someone else can save you or, like, someone else can help figure out where you are. And that helps ease a lot of the tension come performance time if, like, they go up on a line. Um, But we've also done... uh, Dialect training for su- certain shows, so I've had someone
0: tell us about that.
1: <laughs> yeah About dialect training, uh, so you can you have different dialects that you can do, and we've done quite a few murder mysteries. Uh, I directed one that was an Agatha Christie murder mystery, so I, I brought say, someone yeah. in to teach received pronunciation, which is that very uppity, uh, very distinct
0: King's uh, English.
1: King's English, uh, very enunciated, um, heavy on the diction, kind of an accent. And H. <laughs> yes. H.
0: Uh, H for H.
1: H. And then, so all of those things kind of help people. And you learn, there's some people for Apprentice Theater that you go, it's okay, you don't have to. But if you want to, we encourage. Okay. For Because dialects are hard and not everyone uh, can learn them in, say, 10 weeks, which is what you've got for a, an Apprentice Theater show. Um, it just
0: reminds me. I, th- I think of that type of stuff when I was in school and, and people <laughs> like at college yep. and f- college French.
1: Yeah.
0: Or je suis dans la lune, you know, kind of your French. Everything. And um, that was always funny. It is. But- it is but pe- some people have a hard time with with accents and language and so forth.
1: There That's, are some people who are really excellent with dialects. And there are with some people who are really, really and, excellent. And it's kind of the same way mm-hmm. that there are people who are really good at learning languages and people who are really good at math. True. And it's kind of the same different parts of the brain. Um, but I always find it really fun. And one of the lessons that every apprentice goes through is the diction and pronunciation and uh, pro- uh, projection lesson. So, I need to be able to hear all of your consonants. I need you to enunciate really well, um, because one of the things I take
0: it you project (laughs) very well on stage. I do. There you go. Um, You just have that kind of voice,
1: and it's I can be quite loud.
0: (laughs) Perfect for the stage.
1: It's excellent for the stage, and it's (laughs) uh, it's very fun when you're teaching someone who doesn't know how to project, because sometimes I forget how long I've been using these skills because I've been doing live sure, theater since natural. like age eight. And so <clears throat> going through and having to teach someone how to do things that I've been doing for so long is actually mm-hmm. really fun and very rewarding. Because mm-hmm. you have to think about it again. Sure. And you have to draw it out. You have to figure it and you have to relate it to something that they're gonna understand. Right. Which is always difficult because I get lots of people who played sports in high school instead of doing theater and I have to find a sports analogy. Mm-hmm. Um I played golf.
0: Did you really? That
1: was my sport.
0: <laughs> wow, you're this amazing sort of like bringing not not not. Um, oh, I'm thinking of the wrong term. I'm, I'm trying to. It's not not um, open the box and the
1: oh the, the Russian not, dolls. You're not,
0: no, you're not Pandora's box. You're like this this box of. Well, it's like wasn't it like Mary Poppins to. Oh. to Mary Poppins theater, you pull it out and you bring out a lamp and all those kind of things.
1: Sometimes I feel like Mary Poppins.
0: Okay, how's that? As
1: as far as like skill sets and things that you have to learn, because most of the reasons why I learn new things are because I have to figure out how to make it work (laughs) for stage. Correct. So like, uh, I spent six months learning how to rebind books. Really? Because you can find a bunch of paperback books Mm -hmm. for very cheap, but you're doing an 1800s play.
0: <laughs> sure,
1: but it, and right. so they they can't be you know all of the romance novels off of the goodwill shelf,
0: right? <laughs> so you have I to learned old yeah. Looking. So you
1: learn how to make cloth bound books, and you very fun, yeah. Or I learned how to make giant uh, bows when we did a production of Annie because all of the Christmas decorations have to be
0: like big, right?
1: Over, over you know, the top larger big. than life, over the top, and so I learned how to make Christmas bows. Which is a weird skill that now my family benefits from, because <laughs> I put giant bows on all of their.
0: You could have a stand out there at the Christmas yeah. market. Just,
1: just sell Christmas and
0: bows. And sell Christmas bows. Yeah, that would go very well.
1: I know how to embroider. I know how to. Wow. Those those kinds of weird, quirky things that you pick up because somebody needed something at one point in time. Um. But now I get to teach people how to do it, which is really fun.
0: It is very fun. Well, if uh, that's very fun. <laughs> but um, so if if someone wanted to join up, mm-hmm. what are the parameters, and and what are? Let's try to say it's like what do you what do you teach them? Well, you've gone over things that you teach them, but. The, the goal is to get them in the show.
1: Yes. So and
0: kind of going at their pace or what their interests are.
1: Yes. So when when you register, um, I have so many parts per show. Right. Um, so you're either going to get an email that says, congratulations, mm. you're in the show. Or you're going to get an email that says, thank you so much. You are on the wait list. Please still come to evaluations. Um, because we almost always... Wind up with people who say I, you know, they're guaranteed a part and they go, well, I really only want to be in the ensemble. Okay. And so then another part opens up because we'll just expand the ensemble Mm. and we'll just keep expanding the ensemble. Mm -hmm. And up until Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we said, well, we probably shouldn't have more than 27 people on stage at any given time. And then we did Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which we had 46 (laughs) cast members.
0: So it's like, come on people from the audience. So yeah. we
1: we just kind of were like, "Oh, we can do larger shows than we thought. Maybe that opens up some other things that we hadn't thought we could do." Um and those shows with larger casts yes. or um casts that have frequently characters that play two parts. Right. Suddenly you can split those parts for two people who want smaller uh reachable goals Mm -hmm. they want to say well i've never done a show before i would like a couple of lines and maybe like one line in a song okay and then suddenly i can break apart two parts and say okay this one's for you and this one's for another person who said the same thing Mm -hmm. um and then they the goal is to maybe push them a little more than they're comfortable with so maybe we make them stretch
0: and breathe and stretch (laughs) yeah Till they can do a, a 180
1: and then like one of our uh one of my favorite success stories mm-hmm. is uh, a young man named Tim West who his friends dragged him into your Good Man Charlie Brown when we did it at our five-year anniversary because mm-hmm. we did our you know most successful shows. We did Charlie Brown and Adam's Family for our five-year, mm-hmm. and we said Charlie Brown is just for apprentices, people who've never done a show before. And so they dragged him from their work. They're like, "We lost this kid who is going to play." We wrote in a character called Pig Pen. Um, well,
0: there was a Pig Pen there was character, a pig pen, right?
1: But it's not written in the musical. Oh, I see. And so they're like, "Just come, just come, and fill out the ensemble, and you know, get dusty, get dusty." And we, you know, and he for like the entire six weeks that he was part of the rehearsals because we drugged him, drugged him in really, really late. Um, he's like, I don't really want to, I'm not sure I can do this. I don't think I can do this. I really don't think I can that's do this.
0: Kind of, he was a bit of an Eeyore character, wasn't he? Yes. He's like, oh, I don't feel, so I don't think and I can do
1: it. I handed him a pair of brown overalls and a giant blue crayon.
0: A blue crayon?
1: <laughs> a giant blue crayon. Oh, like
0: this. Like, like yeah, th- right. for
1: the book report uh, <laughs> song, which he had no lines. And he just sat there and scribbled with a blue crayon and sang with the ensemble Perfect. parts. Yeah. And we made him sing one line in the very last song of the show. And turn around 6 months later, mm-hmm. he was the romantic male lead for Wednesday. He was he played Lucas in Adam Family.
0: Very fun.
1: So in 6 months, he, he caught the bug.
0: He caught the bug. So it's like I kind of like this.
1: I kind of like this. I think I can do this. And then he comes in and he goes, "I want to play Lucas." And we're like, "Really?" Okay. Okay. And then uh, he did the play this past mm-hmm. spring, and then he assistant directed Chitty Chitty Bang Bang this fall.
0: Okay, wow, so he's, he directed. Wow. He, so he is, he he went to the top.
1: He was he was the assistant director. He wanted to learn. Okay, <laughs> but uh, in the next couple of years, I could probably talk him into directing his own show.
0: How very fun! We're,
1: we'll get him there. <laughs> but it's one of those things that it's just like if you thought you never could, right? I have I have hundreds of stories like that for why I think you can. Mm-hmm. and why I know you can. And our job on the production team, and as part of the CAT, is to be your cheerleaders the whole time. Gotcha. If you do not believe you can do it, I believe you can do it.
0: That gets them over the, the top <laughs> that's, so they, they succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talk about creating parts. In the spring, we did... One year. I was in drama one year mm-hmm. in eighth grade in Chicago. One year I went to school at Morgan Park Academy and I did the Christmas Carol and I was one of the Cratchit kids as well. And Plum Pudding was my other line, which oh. I can remember all these years later. And then in the spring, um, Lillian Mackle was our, our teacher. She was, fa- she was my favorite teacher there. And she just made theater so fun. And I was an extra, I was, uh, the created part was, uh, it was a, one of the children in, uh, I was an eccentric kid in, it was, it's a German story, which I'd never heard of before called The Merry Pranks of Till Gluckenspiel. Wow. And um, I was like this, it was one of those German kind of, um, not cautionary tales, but you know what I mean, like yeah. not quite Brothers Grimm. It was like a, a, a cleaned up tale. version of of uh, the Brothers Grimm, but that kind oh. of uh, German type of story, you know. Yeah. We started in the meadow and went <laughs> up to the mountains, and um, <clears throat> but it was very fun. And I just did like stuff, like pretending I had... They teased my hair out. It was a lot longer back then. Like I had bugs, you know, (laughs) and I was like trying to just. My thing was to try to grab bugs and eat them. Eccentric. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's. it's
0: It was fun. fun. (laughs) It was fun. So I kind of got over that, and I. That was my. That was my career. (laughs) All in less than five minutes.
1: (laughs) Great. So So you're you're coming back. Oh. She's getting
0: me. She's gonna get me on this, right? There we go.
1: (laughs) I try and rope everyone into Apprentice Theater.
0: Yeah. Well, I think everyone just could might benefit. do it yeah I, I don't think I would do more tissue or ginger. That's not me, <laughs> but uh that sounds very fun um Audrey, tell us what's coming up in um uh, in the near future
1: so uh apprentice theater, right, we've got the comedic murder mystery that'll be in March, so that means that registration and evaluations will be somewhere right before or after Christmas, okay. Um, and then in the fall slash winter, we're going to do Seussical the Musical, and I'm going to direct that one. Um, so Dr. That's Seuss. Dr. Seuss. So every Dr. Seuss character known to man, if I can squeeze them onto that stage, I'm going but to. But how are
0: you going to get a cat on that stage, cat in hat?
1: <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure that my cat, Romeo, would volunteer, um, but I'm not sure his diction's we good enough.
0: Pop out of a hat.
1: <laughs> he would. He's, he's quite um, spry for a... 12 or 13 year old <laughs> tabby. <laughs> um, so that'll that'll be quite fun. I'm really excited about all how many uh, thing ones and thing twos I can have. Okay. Because they they accompany the cat in the hat who's the narrator. Sure. Yep. Um but I'm a firm believer in like including your whole crew into the show and I'm definitely getting them all blue wigs.
0: That would be fun. And
1: labeling them all a different number of thing. Okay. Like at the end of the Cat in the Hat a thingy book. thingy thing. So that you, when they change the sets, right? all you see are things.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, That'll be fun.
1: It'll be very fun. And then un- until then, we have a bunch of groups that are doing shows at the Cat. So we've got um, Moon Over Buffalo, which is the Carmel Community Players, uh, mm-hmm. in for the rest of October. And then... I'll have a 10-minute play festival uh, in January along with a bunch of schools and uh, music groups and dance groups that are doing their recitals for the en- end of semester. Gotcha. Um, so I'm very excited about all of that uh, coming up next year. It'll be, it'll be busy, and I love it when it's busy. <laughs>
0: busy is good <laughs> if it's, you know, stuff, real stuff. Yeah. Um, and will you be um, directing
1: just Suzical so, next year.
0: Susical. Just Seussical
1: Seussical. the musical. Seussical the musical. Because um, I, I pretty much do one project every two or three years. Okay. I did, there was a portion of time that I did like two or three shows where I directed every <laughs> three shows in one year. <laughs> and I said, oh, this is hard. <laughs> I'm not sure I liked it.
0: There you go. Yeah. So you, you kind of edited it down.
1: I edited I edited it. Try to
0: say that. Eight
1: million times.
0: Three (laughs) hundred times. Edited it down.
1: Um, And I, you know, keep my life a little more balanced. A little more, you know, home in the evening, cooking dinner and, you know, working on my own personal projects outside of theater as well.
0: Exactly. There's Mm -hmm. a life outside of theater. Mm -hmm. Well, very fun. Well, thank you, Audrey. It's great having you on today.
1: It was wonderful to be here. Well,
0: thank you so much. And um, you know, I just wish you the best in your, you know, your upcoming uh, theater season. Yes. Well, thank you. Well, um, that's it for today's episode. We'd like to thank Audrey Larkin, who is the managing director of the Carmel Apprentice Theater. We will put their link up in the description notes so that you you can uh, learn further about the theater and the productions coming up. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Hotel Carmichael. Today we're shooting from Feinstein's, and we look forward to being with you in the next episode of The Omnibus Show. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Omnibus Show. If you enjoyed this program, please like, share, and subscribe to continue the conversation. For The Omnibus Show newsletter, please sign up at theomnibusshow.com.